You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. Welcome to Midway United Methodist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. If you will stand as you are able and join us in singing our opening hymn, God of the Ages. We are so glad that you are here this morning. Um, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever your task, put yourselves into it, as done for the Lord and not for your master. So I pray this morning, as we gather here to worship, that you would put yourselves into it. Let's worship God. Yeah. 
Welcome to worship at Midway. I'm Amanda Lane, one of the pastors here. Here are a few things you need to know this week. Last week, we hosted Camp Glisten's Grow Day Camp with 36 campers. These campers had a wonderful time attending camp, as well as growing in their faith. We are very appreciative of the Glisten counselors who led camp last week. And thank you, Midway, for offering up the time and space for fun faith formation to occur. A reminder that our offices will be closed next week, July 3rd through the 7th. You have an opportunity to change a life. Midway is collecting a special offering for Murphy Harps. Murphy Harps provides hope and healing to severely abused and neglected children and youth through residential treatment, foster care, and creative therapeutic approaches. Over one-third of their annual support comes from United Methodist Churches. Please give generously today, and you can be a part of a nearly 100-year legacy of serving Georgia's most vulnerable children. You can give to Murphy Harps in person or online between June 29th and July 23rd. Simply indicate on your check that your gift is for Murphy Harvest. Online at midwayumc.org backslash give, you can choose the Murphy Harvest Fund in the drop-down menu. Now, if you didn't quite catch some of those announcements, that's okay. Just scan this QR code and you will be taken to our What's Happening page where you can find today's announcements and more opportunities at Midway. While you're there, please be sure to register your attendance on the What's Happening page and submit your prayer request or make an update to your contact information. Thank you, Midway, for your continuous generosity and faithfulness to the mission and ministry of Jesus through our church. Here at Midway, there are three ways to give. You can give in person, Simply drop your envelope in one of the offering plates. You can give online through the website or the Midway app. Or you can also send a check through the mail. More information can be found on our website. And now, as we prepare to worship God, let us pray. Lord Almighty, we come before you and bow to you as our King. King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done 
here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. To invite our children now to come forward for our children's sermon with Miss Tiffany. Good morning, friends. How are you guys this morning? You good? So some of us have these flags. What holiday does this flag remind you of? America. Fourth of July. Yes, it reminds us of Independence Day, which is in, in your birthday, which is in two days. And on Independence Day, you know what we celebrate? We celebrate the freedom that we have. But does, is our, does our freedom come free? No, there are men and women in this room that um, maybe were in the Army or the Air Force or the Navy or the Marines, and they fought for our freedom, right? And, or they have family members that fought for our freedom because it did not come for free. But we are in America, and we get to celebrate freedom. And you know what other thing we get to celebrate? Freedom in Jesus, right? Because when Jesus died on the cross for our sins... It means that we are free in him. And that's what we're going to celebrate today, too, because that's even better. And when Pastor Jenny gets up here, she's going to talk about something called hospitality. That's a big word. Does anyone know what hospitality is? It's being kind and welcoming to others. And you know what? We have freedom in Jesus, but do you think Jesus wants us to be kind and welcoming to others, too? He sure does. So, as we celebrate this week, and we celebrate our freedom in Jesus and our freedom in America, I want you guys to remember to be welcoming and kind and loving like Jesus wants us to be, okay? Think you can do that? Give me a thumbs up if you can do that. Okay, all right. Can we say a prayer and ask God to help us with that this week and to thank God for our freedom? All right, everyone bow your heads. I'll say it and you say it, okay? Say, dear God... We love you. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you for the men and women who died for our freedom. And thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for our freedom. Help us to shine our light like Jesus this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can head back to your parents or back to the back doors to go downstairs. Receive our offering this morning. I'd like to invite our ushers to please come forward. <laughs> if our ushers will come forward, we'll receive our morning offering. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gifts and we thank you for the givers. Lord, I pray that you would direct us to use your gifts generously. In your name we pray, amen.
This morning, as we come to a time of prayer, I ask that you would pray for those who are on your hearts, in your minds, and on our prayer list. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you for your love, your generosity, your grace, and your mercy. God, that you have given us true freedom in Christ. And Lord, I pray in this time, God, that we would focus our hearts on you. Allow us to focus our mind on on who you are. God, allow us to forget those other things that are on our minds, on our hearts, and simply focus on you. God, we are called to worship you. God, we confess that we don't always do that. And we confess that other things take our attention and, and other things become idols for us. God, may you convict our hearts. Allow us to see when something has become an idol, something that we hold higher over you. And God, allow us to replace you with that idol, to replace that idol with you. Almighty God, we thank you for the many ways that you have been at work through this church. God, for the 36 little disciples who were here day in and day out this past week, smiling, running, having fun, and learning about Jesus. God, we thank you for the opportunity we had to provide a space for that to happen, but also, Lord, for the Glisten counselors who came and who led our children. God, we also thank you for the ways that you are working through our lives, that you are working through the lives of the people in our church. God, we pray for those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. May you be with them. May you lead them to you. Lead us to offer comfort and hope. God, I also pray that you would offer peace, offer comfort for those who are in pain, those who are sick, recovering from an illness, recovering from surgery. God, we pray for those who are lonely. We pray for those who are depressed. We pray for those who are lost. God, let us go out and be your hands and feet within this world to offer your hope God, we pray these things and many others in your holy name. And we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When did buying bottled water become a thing? You know, I often wonder that when I go into the grocery store and I met my huge displays of bottled water. You know, many of you will recall a time when buying bottled water would have seemed like a ridiculous waste of money. After all, um, you know, we have a safe water supply and uh, drinking water is readily available to us at our fingertips. Of course, there are sad exceptions to this, like the uh, Flint, Michigan water crisis and which lead and the bacteria that can cause Legionnaire's disease contaminated the water supply. In that instance, bottled water became a lifeline, as it also is after a disaster 
or in parts of the world that do not have a safe water supply. The earliest of human civilization devised ways to carry water because, of course, it's a matter of life and death. But the bottling of water for sale is reported to not have begun until 1622 with the distribution of water from the holy well in the United Kingdom. So bottled water as a consumer good has, has been around for a long time. What spurred the mass production of it, though, was the creation of the invention of PET plastic, which, of course, is much more economical to produce than glass or aluminum cans. We know, of course, the downside of all these bottles of water, right? because we only recycle about a third of the bottles we use, and many of the rest of them uh, fill up our landfill or pollute our waterways. It raises concerns, doesn't it, about how we are being good stewards of God's creation. So why talk about water on a hot, dry Sunday in July. <laughs> Am I making you thirsty? Because Jesus had something simple to say about a cup of water, but leave it to a preacher like me to complicate it. This summer, we've been looking at discipleship. We have seen how it is a call a call to go into unfamiliar territory to share the good news of God's love in Jesus Christ. Before sending them out, though, Jesus gave the disciples some instructions, often referred to as the missionary discourse here in Matthew. The conclusion of this section is our lesson for this morning, found in the Gospel of Matthew, the 10th chapter Verses 40 through 42. Jesus said, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Prior to this passage, Jesus had instructed his disciples that when they went out, that they were to travel lightly. He told them what not to pack. They were not to take any money, a bag, or food, not even extra sandals or a staff. I noticed, though, that he didn't tell them not to take any water. I don't know about you, but any mission trip that I've gone has had a long list of what to pack. In fact, I'm a little embarrassed to confess to you that on the last mission trip that I went on, I completely filled up the back of my SUV with stuff, you know, just in case. Wouldn't it make more sense for the disciples to be planned for every contingency, especially since Jesus warned them that they would need to be as wise as serpents? Because he is sending them out, he said, like sheep in the midst of wolves. After hearing that, I would have been tempted to pack some heat, you know. <laughs> How wise, not to mention safe, is it to be dependent on the hospitality of total strangers in an unfamiliar locale? Maybe Jesus wants his disciples to be less self-sufficient, you know, more dependent on others, more like innocent children who are dependent on others to care for them. 
Jesus has, after all, equated faith with becoming like little children. Jesus mentions three groups of missionaries who are going to be relying on the hospitality of others. Prophets, righteous ones, and little ones. Now, scholars have debated about what these terms mean. Did was prophet and a righteous one some official position in the church that Matthew's readers would have been familiar? Does little ones refer maybe to laity or to new believers? Because in this instance, it clearly doesn't mean just children. It's hard to say. The point is that they are to all receive a warm welcome regardless of their position or their status. So Jesus told his disciples to leave everything behind, even the carry-on bags, not just to lighten their loads on the road, but in order that they will know what it is to fully trust God and to be dependent on the leading of the Holy Spirit in their mission. Though they are sent out confident that they go in the authority of Jesus, which he has given to them, they are to be humble servants, vessels of his love and grace, dependent on the hospitality of others. You know, some folks are really good at giving. They're natural givers. But sometimes they may not be so good at receiving. To not be able to receive from others, though, is arrogant because it means we are unwilling to be vulnerable enough to receive what others have to offer us. So this is one way to view the passage from the perspective of the disciples who Jesus is sending out on a mission. What about those on the other side of this equation? What does the passage have to say to those who will do the receiving, those who will offer hospitality? Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, says Jesus, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. To welcome those sent by Jesus is to welcome Jesus, and to welcome Jesus is to welcome none other than his father. This was a common understanding in that day in the ancient world where receiving an emissary was the same as receiving that person themselves. So you showed them the same honor you would if that important person had come. In Matthew 25, Jesus further underscores the importance of offering hospitality, saying that the nations will be judged by the manner in which they welcomed the, the stranger, fed the hungry, clothed the naked, and gave the thirsty something to drink. In other words, in the way that they cared for the vulnerable. Biblical hospitality, though, is, is very different than the way that we traditionally think of hospitality. Hospitality is not the same as entertaining, like we do when we invite guests in our home for, for a meal. Typically, these people that we invite are folks, you know, that we've vetted, right? That people that we've known for quite a while and, and that are friends, people often who are very much like ourselves. Entertaining guests is very different than showing hospitality to the stranger. Henri Nouwen defines hospitality as the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend. I like that. The offering of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend. In other words, hospitality is allowing people 
to come as they are without us placing our expectations on them or trying to fix them or make them change them to fit our expectations. It is an open, loving welcome, giving them the gracious space they need to become the unique people that God has created and called them to be. The good news, according to Jesus, is that those who offer hospitality will not lose their reward. He doesn't say specifically what this reward is. He could be referring to an eternal reward in the sweet by and by. I don't think, though, that the reward will be so much, you know, a jewel in our crown. Perhaps the reward will be the relationship itself, you know, of, of ministering to Jesus in the disguise of a wayfaring stranger. As you did it to one of the least of these, he said, you did it to me. So there is a wonderful reciprocal nature about hospitality. The host receives something from the relationship, as does the guest. Now, this does not mean that hospitality is a quid pro quo. On, I'll rub your back if you rub mine. It's rather a way of living that permeates the very social fabric of society. See, a truly free country is one that is free enough from fear of the stranger that we can offer a free space for others to enter and become friends, no matter who they are, where they are from, or who they are, where they are from, or what they believe. Certainly, this is to be the nature of the church, is it not? The offering of a cup of cold water is a reciprocal act that is part and parcel of who we are in Jesus Christ because we all came to Jesus thirsting for love, acceptance, and righteousness to have our thirst quenched. And having received it from him, we are to extend it to others. Anne Lamont once expressed this longing in an article in which she described her own thirst in this way. She said, most of the time I simply have to remember to breathe. Any of y'all forget to breathe? My watch reminds me. Many times a day, you need to breathe. I didn't realize I had stopped. But Lamont says, I simply have to remember to breathe and have a sip of cool water. Spirit is breath and breezes. In the Christian tradition, she says, it's also expressed as living water poured over us poured into us, into our dark, thirsty lives, and that sometimes it streams down our faces in tears. It cleanses us, hydrates the ground at our feet, grows things, buoys us up, and cools us down. People help us, she goes on, and we help them. Some days, I just try to give glasses of water to everyone. Maybe that means having patience with the children at Sunday school or flirting with old people at the health food store or offering a chocolate bar communion to the people in line at the DMV who don't have an appointment because they're the most seriously afflicted of all God's creatures. I told the folks at church that in the old days I was so isolated and disgusting on the inside that I had to run around with my glass empty hoping other people would have extra water sloshing out of theirs that they would share with me. 
I thought their glasses were special while mine was a grape jelly jar with a Flintstone stamped on it. <laughs> Lots of people gave me water. But what quenched my thirst, she said, was the spirit that animated their kindness and telling the truth, which was that they had grape jelly jars too, that we all do. Every year during Great Gay Pride Week, there is a parade on Sunday in downtown Atlanta. Some years back, one downtown church hired police officers on horseback to patrol the property to ensure that the marchers were kept at bay. But the church across the street, named St. Mark's United Methodist, took a different approach. They set up water stations on their front lawn and offered cups of cool water to the parade participants. St. Mark's became known as the welcoming, loving church, while the other church soon fled their downtown location for the suburbs. A cup of water. It's a simple act, but it also requires a little bit of effort, a reach on our part out of our comfort zone. Jesus said as much because he didn't say that we are to offer a cup of water. What did he say? He said that we're to offer a cup of cold water. You know what that means? That means that in a day before water faucets and refrigeration, that someone had to go to the trouble of taking the water jar and leaving the house and running down to the local well and bringing it back and giving it to their guests while it was still cold. In other words, someone went out of their way left the comfort of home in order to do the simple yet hospitable thing for a child of God. And for this, Jesus said, they will not miss out on their reward. The World Health Organization reports that one in every five people on earth don't have access to safe drinking water. In fact, in the time that it takes me to speak this sentence, somewhere in the world, a child will die from a disease related to unsafe water. Some Christians took this situation to heart and went to a village in another country that didn't have clean water, and they put in a well. After these missionaries left, a man in the village bought some fish and he found a picture of Jesus in the newspaper that the fish was wrapped in. And so he tore that picture of Jesus out and he hung it up in his little abode. Soon some government officials came to the village and they began to interrogate people and they asked this man if he was a Christian, and the man told them that he wasn't. But if you aren't a Christian, they asked, why do you have a picture of Jesus? Because, he said, it is because of this man that I have clean water to drink. Ah, fresh clean, cool water, a fountain of grace freely given by those who have freely received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As we come to the table of communion, let us join together um, in the prayer of confession. You can find it on the screens or in your bulletin. Merciful God, 
We confess that though we claim to love you, our lives do not always reflect that love. We offer hospitality out of obligation instead of love, out of care for our own well-being instead of that of others. We hesitate to welcome others out of fear of rejection instead of extending compassion as the fruit of your love for us. In our relationships at work, home, and even church, too often we choose expediency instead of integrity, believing the ends justify the means. Help us, we pray. Free us to live as your children who welcome, nurture, and love our neighbors as we learn to grow as disciples of Christ. Lift up your hearts and give thanks to God. Blessed are you, O God, who with your word and the Holy Spirit created all things and called them good. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and it dwelt among us. Through Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus who now reigns with you in glory. And you poured out upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. On the night before meeting with death, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. In the breaking in this bread and the drinking of this wine, we might know the presence of the living Christ and we may be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood. Until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at your table forever, through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. As you prepare to receive communion, know that this is an open table. And what that means is you need not be a member of this church to participate. All that is needed is a repentant heart and a desire to lead a new life in Christ. I believe you might have some further instruction. All of our bread is gluten and dairy-free. As the ushers direct you forward, we invite you to receive the, the bread and uh, receive a cup. You may then return to your seats, or you may pray at the altar if you wish. Uh, if you need to be served in your seats, please let one of our ushers know, and we'll make sure, um, they'll make sure that you, are, that you do receive communion. Uh, those who are assisting with communion, would you come forward at this time? so that we might serve. Let's stand as we do this worship song. Are you hurt and broken within? Overwhelmed by Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? 
Do you thirst for a drink from well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Come to the altar The Father's arms are open But will the precious blood thank Michelle for being with us leading the hymns and uh, for a beautiful offertory. I also want to thank Matthew who's been with us on an interim basis over the last month. I know you'll want to express your appreciation to them. Receive now the benediction. May God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you as you go forth to give cups of cold water. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.